0: is the On Planet Podcast, episode 26. I am your host, Joel Amidon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to figure out how to teach better. Today on the podcast, we are continuing to do something a little different. And as you heard me talk about on the last episode, during this time of global pandemic, I've been blessed with some opportunities to do something that I usually don't take as much time to do as I should, which is reflect. You know, think about what's happened, process it, Kind of make sense of what what worked, what didn't work, what I want to start doing, what I want to stop doing, what are the gaps, right? And really think about it before moving on to the next teaching task. And usually, um, kind of like with this podcast or like I'm currently in my office, which is a closet off of my garage where I'll finish something and I just close the laptop and move out. I don't close any windows, I don't save anything. I'm like, I just want to get out. And that's kind of how I treat my teaching sometimes, where it's I got through it, I need to take a breath, and you know, maybe it's maybe the best light to put that under is like I'm putting so much into it and I just need to back away. But I really need to be more methodical with how I close down either like actually closing down windows and you know, shutting down the computer to actually like closing down either the class session, the lesson, the activity, the um, course, or even the academic year. And so again, kind of taking June here to be like a month of reflection and basically kind of moving backwards a little bit. So with my last episode, I got to talk with Brianna Hall about this past academic year. Started off like a normal academic year and ended very differently, right? With classes being shut down in spring break. And we go through all of that in episode 25. But so we reflected on a year and I did that with her because she was someone who was with me all throughout my teaching. And now I'm backing up a little bit for 10 years. We're taking a little, going from a year to 10 years. And now I'm going to talk with one of my former students at the University of Wisconsin when I was a doctoral student. He was. In the uh, secondary math program there, and I had a chance to do supervision and teach methods, and that's Brian Desalvo, current teacher, and he'll going to talk and he'll introduce himself in the episode. But had some interactions with him through social media, and I thought, you know what, he might be someone. He's someone I definitely learned from from uh, as a teacher that I learned from a lot, and we again talk about that in the episode, and so wanted to capture that and we're hoping to have a few more of these reflection episodes. They're still in the air a little bit because we're, you know, making connections making sure people are available but we we do, we kind of want to use why am I saying we? I want to use the month of June kind of as this place of reflection. I'm doing a lot of learning I'm doing a lot of book clubs I think I'm in four different book clubs right now we're reading um, Not Light But Fire, How to Lead Meaningful Race Conversations in the Classroom reading How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi reading um, Rough Draft Math by Mandy Jansen, all these sorts of things out there and really learning, but I, we can also learn from our experience. Again, it's why we reflect. And so I don't want to delay this anymore. You're going to hear some things in the podcast that hopefully make you do some reflection as well. And I know what this gets me to do is think about what are the, some things that kind of have some impact beyond a semester, Right. And so that's what was really beneficial in this conversation with me is hearing some stuff from Brian that, you know, I know kind of is important. And, and, and to hear it echo within him, his teaching and his philosophy on doing things makes me want to reinforce that and make sure that I keep that within my teaching. But without further delay, here is my conversation with Brian DeSalvo. All right, Brian DeSalvo, thank you so much for being willing to come on the Amazon Planet podcast. It is a joy to see you and uh, people are going to laugh. But when I first uh, opened up the uh, computer and saw you with your Christmas sweater on, which was, I mean, that's going way back. Uh, and it's yeah. been a tradition that I've seen on Instagram that you've held up <laughs> like the, the ugliest, horrendous Christmas sweaters. How many do you have, by the way?
1: Uh, I actually just have that one, and it is uh, the one that gets worn every Friday uh, around the holiday season. Um, <laughs> nice. I wore it for my baseball coaching interview, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a same day.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic! Right, so, yeah, I was actually
1: uh, okay, good.
0: Oh no, go for it.
1: Uh, I was talking with uh, you know Amanda Hauser this morning, making yeah. sure my uh, viewers all set up, and she goes, "You're gonna wear the gift wrap?" <laughs> I have to. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, oh
0: my gosh! Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. And that, that was the, uh, and uh, something that made me think uh, about, you know, having you or, you know, some of the other, was it Prancing Orangutans? Is that, was well, that the name? Yeah. So we we named yeah, okay. uh, our our small groups and, and Brian was in my math methods class. We'll go into this in just a second. And they had to name their group and they were the Prancing Orangutans and fantastic.
1: Yeah, we still see each other uh, pretty frequently and it's a, it's a nice uh, takeaway from college there.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's like, if if one thing that came out of that class is the fact that you still are all in a community together, that's that's yeah. fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, this is, we're kind of catching up, and I was like, you know what, we should hit record, because some of this is, is some good stuff. We were talking about, like, transitioning to online instruction and all that sort of stuff, but before we get into uh, you know, some of that conversation, first, can you introduce yourself, Brian, a little bit to the listeners?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Brian DeSelvo. I obviously had Joel back uh, in college for math methods um, at UW Madison.
0: Was that 10 years Uh, ago?
1: Um, I just finished my ninth teaching. So, yeah, 10 years ago we were in college. Fantastic. All right. Great. uh, great Time flies. Um, I got a teaching job in Greendale, uh, Wisconsin, kind of a suburb of Milwaukee. Uh, And that's where I've been for my whole teaching. So, I've kind of grew a life down here in Milwaukee. Uh, But, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at.
0: And uh, what are some of the things you do in your school besides teaching mathematics? I know you're pretty involved as well.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I got myself involved right away with uh, sports, just a passion of mine being an athlete and uh, always wanted to get into coaching. Uh, so I right away started coaching middle school cross country, uh, middle school track and high school baseball. Uh, and then during the one off season in the winter, I worked uh, scoreboard for like basketball games, uh, that sort of uh, winter uh, intramurals. Uh, working with uh, open gym, so very much in the sports realm of it. Uh, then throughout my ten year or nine years, I, I held chess club for a year, board Fantastic. game club, yeah, um, just some of that uh, ways to get involved with students outside of teaching math. So beautiful, beautiful.
0: And I, I, I mean, I think one thing that uh, we all understand is after teaching is like how valuable relationships are and the fact that you could reference a game or a chess move yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah, during class is probably uh, beneficial. And, and remembering how quick-witted you are, Brian, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure those come up pretty often.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been great though. I mean, I, I teach a very, um, homogenous group of students. I don't, I don't see some of the higher end students all the time, mm-hmm. um, just because the choices that I, I've made in my teaching. Um, So getting to see some of them as student athletes or getting some of these different kids in chess club or board game club or um, just seeing students who I don't normally have. Um, And then it allows me to see them in the hallways and and have relationships with students who aren't mine as as math math students.
0: So what is your current teaching situation? So what specific classes do you teach?
1: Yeah, so the past uh, handful of years, I've taught uh, algebra with math extensions. It's our way of um, helping the students who need a little bit more help. Um. So they actually have our algebra class, and then they have a block. So they come right away, the same group, into a second class. So I taught that for about three or four years, um, and then I just stopped teaching that in the past year uh, because I picked up a course called Alex. Um, and I'm sure if anybody out mm-hmm. there is a math listener, Alex is that online uh, self-paced uh, sort of class. And so I've taught. I started teaching that this year. Uh, we're using it a lot for our students who have gaps. And so we're able to meet them where they're at, and they might be a sophomore in high school, but if they're struggling in seventh grade math concepts, um, they're working through the program to kind of build those gaps. Uh, it allowed me to work with a lot of special ed students, um, a lot of students who are English language learners. Uh, so we had a couple of kids translating it back and forth from Spanish. A couple of students who moved from Vietnam and we just didn't know where they were placed. So we started them in algebra and they worked through pre-calc by the end of the year because they, they knew the wow. math. They just had to learn the language.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's been a cool opportunity for me uh, just getting to work with students uh, from different locations, but also just different places in the math. Um, I teach algebra, just a freshman first welcome to high school algebra class. Um, and if I could keep one, that's the one I keep. Uh, I've taught that I think for eight years now. There's just something special about freshmen.
0: Uh, when they walk in the door yeah I loved I mean I, that was my favorite class to teach for because yeah um in Sauk Prairie where I taught they had to cross the street so it was like Sauk City was on one side Prairie du Sac was on the other side the high school was in Prairie and so when they oh, yeah. crossed the street they crossed a, into a, a new town but they also crossed into the high school and it was just like the fresh faces the uh yeah. um, just all the different things going on the hormones the i mean just even negotiate been, what does it mean to be a, a high schooler you know and maybe a little bit more responsibility it's 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 a lot
1: yeah and, and having coached at the middle school for quite a few years i think this year was my first year i didn't know like a bulk of the kids coming in but mm. like that first hour algebra freshman group and it's like hey welcome to high school i'm the first face you really see <laughs> hey um, is it it's just it's such a fun way to kind of start start the day and really start the year for me
0: yeah, no and knowing your attitude and knowing like I mean and I'll I'll take this. So let's just real quick side. Brian and I have not talked in how long <laughs> how long? Ten I threw years.
1: a few Instagram posts here and there, but yeah. we're going on about nine years here.
0: Yeah, yeah, nine years. And so but I was like I have gotten into this, wanted to do some reflection. So I just talked to my the grad assistant I I taught with, just talked to her yesterday and whenever that's recording and posted, yeah. whatever. But then you today, and I'm trying to get talked to my cooperating teacher. Okay. It, uh so that would be 20 years ago. Um, next week, Joe Dye, who we've talked about on the podcast a few times. Yeah, absolutely. And so just like I remember that name in class. Yeah. Oh, he came. He I, yeah. I came and talked once. Uh you talked about uh you know. Just, uh, whatever he talked about, it was, it was very inspiring. I can tell you that. But, um, the, just having the, um, the idea to, Hey, let's reflect, uh, you know, selfishly, I wanted to talk to you, which is the yeah. big secret about this podcast is like, Hey, I just get excuses to talk to folks, right. but two, just thinking about what are some lessons that we both have learned from then and be reflective on that. And so like, if it talks like, Hey, tell me a little bit about some information about your life. Cause I really don't know. <laughs>
1: I know that's that. true <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, hey, I, I,
0: have, I have three kids. I don't know if you know that. It's they, fantastic. I, I did the
1: same pictures, yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
0: there you go. Exactly.
1: Uh, no, but I actually, I have a dog sitting here staring at me. So if there's any barking or anything, I might get up and let him outside, but
0: yeah, I'm
1: wearing a cone of shame right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> cut, so.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, I think things are good though. They really are. Uh, Excellent.
0: Well, it's interesting. You talked about the middle school coaching and I think, you know, being, um, you know, that was an opportunity I had when I was, uh, first started teaching it was to coach middle school. I think I caught coach middle school track, which was really great. Cause track, you get, you know, the field people, the the runners, the, I mean, it's, it's a really big group of, of you get
1: everything in there.
0: yeah, you get all these sorts of different athletes that are in there. And maybe the, some, that like, this is their only thing they're athletic in. they just like to run and, you know, they're not going to do any ball sports or anything else, but, um, But having those middle school experiences and then when they come in, so even if like, you know, I go into a class and I'm like, I know one person in this class for that first day for fresh freshman, like they're coming in and it's like, I know you and you can vouch for me that this is going to be a good experience, right? Right. You know, because even too, oh, go for it.
1: I was also like thinking that one kid who walks in who who is a middle school athlete but their their sport is running and that's kind of a niche community sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they walk in and all of a sudden they're like, wait, Mr. Amadon knows my name. Like yeah. they suddenly become this this star in class for that moment um, where all their friends are like, wait, how do you know the teacher already? Right. And maybe that kid just all of a sudden now math means a little bit more to them because of that immediate relationship when they walk in the door. Yeah. Um, and you get to use their name and, and I'll say it a hundred times, names are the most important part of teaching they walk in the door and you can use their name all of a sudden they mean something and and it's important for them.
0: Yeah. And then you start making your, those connections start going out like, Oh, that's your friend. And that's your, and like you are starting to make all those sorts of things. And I'm I'm sure given your time that you've taught there that now you're seeing brothers and sisters and different family members probably. Yeah. (laughs) Getting all that sort of connections.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A couple of years ago, it started like dawning on me. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm seeing the same parents, the same families and being in that community and, and they know you when they walk in, they've heard about just who you are, good, bad, indifferent. I mean, everybody has their opinions, but um just seeing that kind of build on itself and uh, makes makes that first day always easier. I mean, we're nervous that first day too, but it makes yeah, it yeah. easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I wanted to talk about here is um some of the learnings we've had from each other, like because I and I'll tell you this like when I I've talked to my some of my um uh, students now, my current uh, teaching candidates. And I might have told a Brian story uh, a time or two. And it's just because I remember some things that came out of our experience because I think we had two methods classes and supervision together. So yep. I was your Zoom yeah. University. So I mean, yeah. fairly close interactions. And a lot of that with your cohort, that was a, sort of the same thing. I had just so many interactions. Mm-hmm. And so Thinking about what are some learnings that maybe we've had from each other, and how do we see those learnings in our current teaching? And I don't know if you've had a chance to think about that. I can go first if you want, or you can shoot and go I'd first. I go
1: back and forth. I don't. I'm sure we're going to steal right. some of each other's ideas. So. All right, you go because I, I want to see if you
0: do the one I'm thinking about.
1: All right, so the I mean the one thing that like if anybody asks like what did you get from college, it's how I start my year. I send out that million word essay. Um, oh, every nice. every start of my semester. Um, and it's just just explain, explain inter- that,
0: explain what the million word yeah. essay
1: is. Um, so I learned that from you, Joel, what the million word essay, uh, just sending out to parents, uh, a brief introduction about myself, uh, who I am, where I'm at in the school, what I do. And then, uh, the last, last line on there is just a homework assignment for parents and it's in a million words or less. Uh, tell me about your kid. Tell us, tell me about your student. Uh, let's start that connection and that communication. Um, so I send that out before the semester. So they'll get it mid-August so that when those kids walk in the door, uh, maybe I get a 45% response rate. Uh, but all of a sudden, half my kids, I have something about them yeah. that they would never tell me because parents love embarrassing their kids. Uh, and it's like, it has to be the best way that I've started a school year. And I do it every semester because we switch kids. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, the Million Word Essay came right from you and it's getting passed along.
0: What's great is, I mean, I got that from someone in my master's cohort, who I think she taught in like somewhere by green Bay. I can't remember where. little shoot, little shoot, little shoot, uh, which is by green Bay. And uh, you know, she did that. And so I took it from her and it's, this goes back to a lesson from Joe Dye. Joe Dye says, Hey, we're teachers. We're, we're kind of all pirates. You know, we're stealing from each other. And it's like, as long as it's for the benefit of kids, that's fine, you know? And so awesome. I'm glad you're using that. That's great. I, I, yeah. And one of the, I remember one of the responses I got because I had a number of uh, English language learners in my class. So I made, I had uh, my support person uh, help me translate it into Spanish so I could send it to everyone. And I remember um, uh, the, the the note came back, real short note. It says, it's like, a, it said in Spanish, he's a good kid, a little naughty. And, I, and then, like, she translated, gave it to me and I read it and I brought it to him. And I'm like, is that true? And he's like, kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. But, but I mean, now yeah, all of a sudden we have this connection and the parent sees me as someone who reaches out and I'm sure you probably get some uh, communication that way as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just that fosters communication for the whole year. Uh, they sit down at parent teacher conferences and you might just get, Hey, I read your email. I apologize for not responding. And it's like, yeah, but it might've brought you here because you read that email. Right. Um, and, and then I also have an easier time reaching back out knowing that there's been this communication that isn't just about your kid's not doing this. It's you, we've already talked about who your kid is as a person. Now I'm just showing you that I'm following up and I'm caring about your students still.
0: Right, it's like you're laying the conduit already for communication to go flow back and forth. And it's like, if they have a concern, It's it's like, I've already communicated with Mr. DeSalvo.
1: Yeah, it's important for the parents not to hear the first communication to be a negative or to be something that needs to change in my opinion, it's better to have that positive, um, we're in this together, uh, communication, and now right. let's just work together. Here.
0: Yeah, so if it's, a, there's a, you know, communication about, hey, we're, we've got, a, we've identified a gap, or something like that, it's not a shaming thing, it's like, hey, yeah, we're in this together, I know a little bit about you, you know a little bit about me, and now we can work together to help solve this problem for your student.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's like my number one Thing that i'll make sure i do every year i'm teaching and it'll it'll evolve as we get further into technology and how i can continue reaching out to parents but for now a solid email is a good way to start the year
0: yeah well yeah, and then just you know to say like even to open up different avenues of communication if whether it's a reminder uh a, a, you know yeah. a, a google form or whatever it is like just to say like hey whatever whatever means necessary i will find a way to communicate yeah. with you <laughs> so yeah. that's good Excellent. Um, I was so. Here's one thing I was thinking about. I, I, have, I have two main things, but one that I remembered is you had such a pride in what you did. And as a first year, you know, teacher candidate doing your lessons in front of a supervisor, there's lots of stress. And I remember the first time that we I went and observed you, it did not go well. Do you remember that?
1: I do. I but do. The,
0: but this is what's. This is what I. It's for anyone's first lesson. Any one time they first teach anything, and right now we have our teacher candidates. They do it in front of something called Teach Live, where they do it in front of like avatars, like, okay. and, and so like exactly. they get the like the curve is a lot easier because it's like in this room with no one, you know, just a few people watching. But like you're live, like boom, okay. and there's me. I'm writing everything down and everything. And I just remember it didn't go up. But the thing that was so impressive about you, Brian, which wakes, which I tell everyone about is the fact that you were like, you thought about it, you sent, I believe you sent me an email and say, I want to do it again. And I'm going to do it better. And then came back and you knocked it out of the park. It was just, you could tell, like there was a moment that was like a mile marker of your, um, and maybe mile marker of your development for, at least from my perspective of like, there was something there that clicked where the first time, I don't know what happened, you know that you know, nerves or, you know, like think something went off kilter right away or the, the, to the second time where there was connections, there was a, an ease, there was like, maybe I just needed to get that one out of the way. And yeah. it was like, it was the most beautiful thing. And it was just like that you, the fact that you're willing to reflect on that experience, learn from it, and then go in and just, I, I think do some of the most I don't know, pretty creative things that I saw in a classroom after that. And it was just like, what happened? And I, like, I, I mean, I still, I wonder if if that stands out to you. What stands out to you from that moment? Do you, re, do you remember that? Does it stand out to you as much as
1: it t- um, does to me? No, it doesn't stick out to me as much as it did to you. I remember the moment. Um, and I can just remember though, not being happy with how it went. And obviously as a person who self-reflects, that's not a great feeling And and feeling looking back and knowing I wasn't as prepared as I needed to be. Um, which I, I'm glad that moment happened because it it forced me to realize like that's not going to work. What you just did doesn't work. Um, and being a little bit humble about it. I mean, that comes from you too, though. The idea of that when you took the notes and it didn't go well, you knew it in the moment. I knew it in the moment, but like you were one who had built a relationship enough with us as a cohort. But for me to be able to reach out and say, hey, we need to do that again. Like, can you come, can you come do this whole process again? Um, and just how important that relationship is. Uh, because it could have gone very differently if you were one who just then immediately criticized, um, immediately shut down uh, the avenue for reflection. Uh, but that's that's what you always preached to us, was you need to be self-reflective. You need to be willing to make mistakes um, as long as you're growing from them. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't – it's weird. It's one of those that doesn't stick out as much to me, especially over the course of nine years now and having so many other experiences like that. Uh, but I and that makes me think, like, what do my – current students take away that means nothing to them but to me it's everything that moment of them mm. working through something yeah. and i can tell stories about students and they're like i don't remember doing that like but i'm glad it meant something
0: yeah no and i wonder too like i wonder are there things that you've done like through you know your your time there to to think about where you've had those moments where you're like ooh that didn't go i'm going to have to i'm going to you know restart it i'm going to do something else i'm going to you know uh learn from that mistake and immediately pivot to do something else. I don't know. Does anything stand out from you?
1: Yeah. uh, So I teach a a course. um, It's our algebra two course, but we teach it kind of summer school during second semester. Any kid who got an F in the course just retakes it with me. Mm. Um, And so it's a smaller group and I can just vividly remember there were like three days that I was trying to teach something and they just, it wasn't clicking for them. And instead of just pushing through on that fourth day, I came into class and said, all right, guys, we all know that the last three days didn't work. Um, and instead of just pushing through, we're going to start over. I'm going to try a different way. Uh, and you could kind of see them perk up just a little bit, just enough to be like, he acknowledges it's not working. Uh, maybe the second way wasn't like all of a sudden they got the topic I mean, we're doing algebra two, uh, like whatever that tough topic was for them. But it came back and just approached it a different way, organized things a little bit differently um, on that fourth day of the week. And they bought in a little bit more. Um, I felt a little bit more sense of relief because I saw them buying it a little bit more and ultimately we got through through that concept. Um,
0: well, you think about how much that probably meant? I mean, so something probably didn't go right in that semester where they they weren't getting the content. Um, and so like the fact that, you know, to to see a model in front of them, that's like, hey, I'm noticing something's not going right here's I get to see this you know educated person processing trying to figure out all right here's a new path in order to take because if I keep doing the same thing we're just going to be banging our heads against the wall and this actually does mean something and to have that model yeah. in front of them I mean that's a that's great
1: yeah so I've seen that I mean I've seen that a few times and, and ultimately now I have I have such amazing colleagues that I work with that were able to sit down for a quick lunch meeting and just like hey that didn't go what, what can we do tomorrow and um, we're, we're really in it together. I do work with some really, really amazing colleagues. So it's been nice to have that that nice. voice to bounce off.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I ever had um, my, my teaching partner, Shane come in. Like, so I still talk with Shane every day. Like okay. um, I actually talked to him today. It was not feeling the best, but I talked to him every Thursday and we still to this day are still bouncing ideas off of each other. It's just, they're different, different types of ideas. But back in the back when, when I would go steal a pop tart from his desk, it would be like, Hey, I'm going to try this next time. And I would be the one that's like, I'm going to try it. Do you want to do it? And you would be like, no, but tell me how it goes. And it'd be like that person <laughs> that you could run things by. Um, I kind of call it a, uh, I saw somewhere it was written about, it's it called like a duo. Um, and like, but you got okay. a group, that's even better. That's like justice league. But, uh, so I had like, a, a, a you know, like, so Shane was the Batman. To I was the Robin, like just running around. And now even here at the university, I've got one, uh, Ann Monroe. She's been on the podcast a number of times. Who I'll run down and like, hey, I'm going to try something or I need to do something. And she's someone that would like, have you thought about this? Have you done this? And then like, you know, try it out and be able to run things by her. And so it's so good to have those sorts of things, especially you know, given that there's so many variables, man, with all the school teachers or I mean, with all the students and all the different situations. And you know, throw a global pandemic in it. You know, you've got to have a group that you can bounce some ideas off of and
1: make some things happen. No absolutely with that.
0: So what's something like recently? So maybe even within this past semester, like what's something that you've been like, "Hey, I uh, you know trying to trying to do some things, maybe having some some mixed results and being able to adapt and move forward. Like do you have any examples from that from just uh, your move to online instruction? I think we talked about that a little bit before we hit record, but
1: Yeah, I mean, so just to reiterate, we were a one to one school. So going into it, a lot of our students um, had already had access to computers, um, to the technology that we were using. um, But I didn't use a lot of that technology in my classroom uh, just because that's not really my style. It's not how I prefer to get my instruction out all the time. Uh, If we're in the same room together, I'd rather have that conversation. Now, with that being said, I think technology is incredible. And I learned a lot this uh, last two and a half months about um, how to get material out to kids so that they can work at a different pace, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be so regimented of, all right, we're all doing this now. Um, and and really working with that technology to, to help them. So we did a lot of Google classrooms, a lot of videos um, using just apps like explain everything um, hmm. or screencastify um, and just making these videos and getting them out to kids and then just being there for, for help. Um, I did not do any uh, like zoom call or, um, any video conferencing with students, but we did a lot of um, talking through Google Docs, uh, talking through these uh, live chat apps, mm. uh, where I type up the math and put it out onto paper forum. So it's just a different way to approach the math. Um, one thing I did that helped, even if it helped one or two students who reached out, but we had the videos of the math. And then I typed up on the side, like the notes that kind of transcripted. Uh-huh. Uh, with all the images and whatnot so that students who struggle listening and watching and writing they could read through the notes as well nice. um, so it's really forced me to get different avenues out there yeah uh, again we can't all we don't all learn the same way whether we're in class or sitting at home uh, and allowed students kind of that different different way
0: yeah and that just it also opens up you know if you all a lot of those different avenues like hey a kid doesn't have great wi-fi at home they have wi-fi they don't have great wi-fi so like if you did like a st- zoom call with, you know, <laughs> like, it's just going to crash the whole system. And then versus, Hey, this text though, on the side of a, a document or something like that, yeah. I can totally do that. Or I can download a video or whatever. Like, you know, I can, I can do other things, but like, you know, to assume that everyone has the same level of access, uh, is, is then going to set up some differentiation within your class that you probably don't want. Right. Now we have different ways you can access it. Not only the preference wise, but then also technology wise. Yeah. What, um, so any other, uh, oh, I got one other thing from you that I learned. This, okay. You, you go first.
1: All right. Um, I think one of the things that I, I don't know if you remember this cause I do, I just couldn't find it. It's in one of my storage units downstairs. Um, you gave us a folder to keep all of our readings and reflections in and all, it was just a manila folder. And during every class we had something, something would be said and I just write it down. That's where like, I kept all my like notes of this meant something to me in this moment. Um, And I can't remember all of them, but like beg, borrow, steal, I wrote down. Mm. Uh, But then one of them was just a a very broad quote that um, I believe you spoke, whether it was in a reading or we talked about, um, but it went something a little bit, I'm not gonna quote it perfectly, but like kids won't care to learn the math until they know that you care about them as a person. Um, And that is like, that's my whole philosophy of walking into the building, um, that they're not gonna care to be in my class and learn what I'm trying to teach them. For a lot of kids, math and learning that is not, their priority in life um, yeah. but building that relationship with them allows them to buy in um so that's like that's my whole teaching philosophy if i could go back and rewrite that, is like you've got to get to know the kid you've got to get to know their everything before they care to learn uh, and that comes right from you i mean that's
0: that's so yeah. good and that you know that comes from joe diet <laughs> i mean it's it's amazing i mean that's what's cool i mean i i can't wait to talk to him uh, as well, but just seeing like the amount of care that he had for his students. And then I was, you know, absorbed that like, Hey, this is the way to do it. And then we see it's passed out. Uh, that's, Oh man, that's going to be a good gift to give him. Um, yeah. But that, I mean, but it's true. I mean, that's a thing that is true. And there's so much that we see out there in research and whatnot about the importance of relationships and investing in people. And um, I had uh, Hunter Taylor was on, two, a couple episodes ago, we talked about Atomic Habits and he talked about how they as a, um, he worked with a local football coach, uh, Chris Cutcliffe to develop like these groups or basically they're position level groups that could meet throughout the year before, you know, they're doing football, but they're just working on things. And it's like, they pick some habit that they wanted to build in on and um, that would make them better, better people, better football players, better athlete, whatever, like they something to get better. And they would touch base with these, um, position, their position coaches and basically like developing the relationship between the coach and them working on something and helping them work through the process. Like, Hey, that didn't work. Probably should revise it. How, you know, maybe we can stretch that goal and just having periodic meetings like that. And then investment. And it seemed like, and, and they won the state championship this year, which they did. And actually they did a really good job of revising their halftime plan and then winning the second half. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I mean, just thinking of like the, the the level of relationships that were built up through that, and then like like of course they want to perform right, and like mm-hmm. why is the same thing not being thought about in a math classroom where it's like, yeah, I'm building relationships with you, I'm seeing how you're getting better, i'm right- and like now they're gonna to wanna to perform or they're going to want to learn, not because. You know, I, you know, they f- just feel the need or it's gonna, they're going to need it for their career. But you know what? Someone who obviously cares about me is saying it's important. So guess what? I, that's something that I know I need to learn. It's just, no, I don't I,
1: know. And, and I don't even, think you kind of passed over, you said they reformed their halftime, everything, that's the point. They modeled it for their athletes and now their athletes are going to buy in when the coach comes out and says, hey, what we did first half, hey, guess what? It didn't work. But we've done this so many times together. You have to trust me that mm-hmm. changing path right now is okay. Yeah, and so that modeling and that and practicing that relationship building and that that um, letting them gain your trust as a as a teacher as a coach as a person uh, is extremely important. Uh, and the more we can model it in the math classroom, I do think we'll see some benefits from it.
0: Right, because then if I mean, like you think about it, a situation even with your group that you had in the summer where you did some revamping. If you don't have the relationship, and all of a sudden day you know four you come and say, hey, we're gonna change it up, and be like, oh. Well, they don't know what they're doing or whatnot, you know. Like, but the relationship says, "Hey, trust me, this is the best way to go." And it's there's so much benefit from those relationships. It's just, yeah, that's awesome. Well, okay, so then that this kind of connects with uh, the next phase is that when I saw, you know, and I we we have kind of a we had like a unique program where you would do. A decent amount of field experience, mm-hmm. and so I saw you. I think more at the beginning with that story I told before with, with supervision. But then later on, I remember hearing and seeing like what you were doing in the classrooms and seeing like your personality was coming out in your teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think too often when I would, whenever I go to supervise them or, or go to observe um, someone out in the field that's a beginning teaching candidate, I would not see them being a teacher. I would see them acting like a teacher. And it's like, oh, they're doing, they're, they're parroting what the, uh, either their uh, cooperating teacher is doing, or they're parroting what they saw their teachers do beforehand. And they, and and just for the listeners, like how you saw yourself being taught is a lot of times your default is what you're going to start with. But then I saw you like being the teacher that you were meant to be like your personality coming out. Like that's not. That's not Brian acting like that's Brian, that's Brian as teacher out there doing it. And just the joy and having fun and like the, you know, seeing the the crazy sweaters on and like, like, I mean, just having that, it's a goal. I mean, I, it's a goal that I have for anyone that I work with as a teaching candidate. I want to see them be the teacher they're meant to be and to see the joy within it, because you know what? If you don't have that, that's going to be, I mean, one, it's pretty transparent. Like, oh, you're just doing this as a job. But like seeing it as a calling, seeing it as a way to, like, this is who I am. This is what it's out there in my teaching. And it's just, it was impressive to see that with you. And it's like a goal that I have for others.
1: uh, Anybody who's listening to this, I swear Joel and I didn't talk beforehand. So anything I'm about to say, uh, the number two thing I wrote down that I got from you was be yourself. Uh, I wrote, (laughs) be yourself. And in parentheses, I wrote, Joel is never fake um and like that's modeled like that is that is what i took away from the program and while it takes some time to get there it's yeah. not like oh i see jolly himself i'm going to walk into my room and be that that person like you, you build your confidence right um, like it started with with you and, and you preaching that to us and showing that to us and not just telling us to be ourself but like you were yourself when you walked into our into our methods class and when you were sitting in the back of the room you are engaged as who you are um, and then I got lucky I had uh, Janet Zintella at La Follett High School um, mm. where I actually didn't get to see her teach I had a prep she had prep and then I taught honors geometry uh, and all I got from her was the encouragement to go do something go do something new and be somebody new you are I didn't watch her and mimic her teaching and that was my first high school teaching experience was wow. like you don't yeah. get to watch it, but you just I'm gonna help you with the math I'm gonna help you build your lesson plans and and make you think outside of the box of like, have you thought about this kid right now that you mm. know him for a few years, Think about how he's going to approach it. And then she'd sit there and watch me teach. And so I didn't have that, that model um, going into high school. She was just super supportive of everything I did. And then during that prep period, we'd reflect a little bit and talk about like, okay, maybe this didn't go well. So like she had the teaching end of it. Yeah. Um, then at my middle school placement, I uh, taught with probably the best, I'll say the best cooperating teachers, um, Joan Unmack and Janet Intel at uh, the middle school. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, they were, their twin sisters who taught one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Oh, and then man. in the afternoon, uh, Janet would go be the PBS teacher, the uh, behavior specialist. Um, and they were the best middle school teachers, uh, just in terms of one, they were awesome people, but two. They would let me fail they'd let me succeed and everything was you go do you and we're here to support you um and there was just su- such a good connection with them and personality uh, we got along super well and they just encouraged that be yourself mentality that's awesome um, and i brought that into teaching um, yeah if i'm not if i'm not having fun why am i there
0: oh yeah um, well and think about the two those messages you got from both of those cooperating teachers like yeah. one you're not allowed to you're not allowed to observe the one teacher is just like, hey, yeah. you got to go do it the way you do <laughs> you. Do you. Yeah. And then just getting that encouragement from the the twins to be able to say, hey, go and make this happen. Um, you know, go ahead and try that. Go ahead. That's fine. And that's just awesome. I love that, that you had that experience. And I, I don't think people understand the importance of the cooperating teacher and how yeah. beneficial. I mean, here we are. You're 10 years later. I'm 20 years later talking about my cooperating yeah. teacher, about how beneficial they were you know development uh,
1: did you ever get a chance to teach middle school
0: yes so when i did my program we did a um two middle schools and two high school experiences the middle and so i did one practicum at a middle school my second time i was supposed to do a full day student teaching actually turned out that i got the internship at Sockbury high school so um there was a threat that i wouldn't be able to certified for uh, middle school and this is just cover my mouth so wisconsin yeah. doesn't revoke my license as expired. Yeah. But anyway, I taught with Katie Aspinwall at, um, at, uh, uh, oh, it's in Verona. Anyway, I'm going to Prairie Oaks, Prairie Oaks, I think it was called. Uh, And she did the same thing, allowed me to do some things that I was, uh, you know, wide open on things. We used a curriculum that had a lot of context-based stuff. And one of them was on like uh, city planning, urban planning, and it was using inequalities. And so for some reason, I decided I was going to be, become a mayor. Mayor, and am, not, am, not Mayor Amadon, but Mayor Don Ami. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, sure. So I would like be teaching the class and then all of a sudden be like, oh, I start coughing. Like, oh, I got something stuck in my throat. I go out of the classroom. I throw on glasses. I didn't have glasses at the time. I'd throw on glasses, throw on this uh, suit coat play hail to the chief and come in and like, Hey, Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Shaking hands (laughs) with people. And then I would give them like the assignment for the day. It was about making some like coming up with some uh, math models that would help make a decision for the, you know, the, the Alder board or whatever. And like, I need you to do this, blah, blah, blah. And like, I'd leave again. (laughs) And and then they come back and like, what was that? And like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, and like, like you just came in, like who, who came in? Oh the the mayor came. I missed the mayor. And like, like, I mean, the kids they thought I was insane. But we did some really good math, right? And, and we yeah. they had some fun with it. And all of a sudden, you know, I I'd, I I'd, I'd cough in the middle of class, and they're like,
1: "Is he when coming?" He, he <laughs> yeah, is. yeah, yeah right.
0: is he coming? And like, and right. I'm, like oh, I'm fine. <laughs> but she allowed no, me to do game. that. And Katie asked yeah, me.
1: No.
0: She would play like uh, Mozart while they were working on. some math problems and stuff like that it was a very calm classroom but she's like you go for that
1: (laughs) and it was just like wow what
0: encouragement so
1: sorry at the very end you get a laugh out of it so it was worth it.
0: absolutely no middle
1: school is like the ultimate you have to be yourself and so when i did my full day student teaching at the middle school it kind of like forced me into the how am i going to keep these seventh graders engaged I guess I'm just gonna have to have some fun and enjoy being here. I mean, we're what, 22 years old at that, 21 years old at that yeah. point, so still learning, but uh, middle school student teaching is always an experience.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, the worst advice, try to act cool. Yeah, that, that ain't gonna yeah. work in a middle school.
1: <laughs> they, they can see, the kids see through it and um, oh, yeah. they, want, they want the true passion from, from who we are, yeah. uh, which is why, uh, I mean, if you walk into, I can just like picture all the different classrooms in the school. Mm -hmm. Uh, and mine is not a perfect model by any means but if you walk in there's not a lot lot of stuff on the walls it's very empty and um the kid's always like why doesn't your room look more like so and so's and and my thing is just because that's not who i am like it it would be fake if all of a sudden there was all this stuff up here like when i'm in the room i don't want you my philosophy is i don't want you looking at the walls necessarily and reading that poster a hundred times like i want you engaged with me i want you to put your stuff away put your technology away just be in the room with the other twenty to twenty-five kids and and build that relationship and um, just being who I am, it, it'd be fake and they'd see it in a in a minute if they walked into my room and they're like, wait, why, why is that poster up there now? Like,
0: yeah, um, the cat hanging there, you know, hanging off. there. Yeah. that's that's. And me. good studying habits. Like, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that does say I I love that the, the fact too that you know, not that you're making decisions and like there's justified decisions. Like, why are they doing, why is my room like this? And it's like, there is a reason for it. Like, if you want to ask, I can tell you everything. Like there's actually decisions being made here um, in order to create an environment that I think is best for you. And I want you to be engaged with each other not necessarily with my posters on the wall. I wouldn't have Um, posters, but
1: yeah. I give a quick tour around the classroom at the beginning of the year. Um, Something else from uh, methods and my tour is real quick. It's about a <laughs> second tour of like, here's the stuff you need. Uh, don't touch my desk. There's nothing in it anyways. And uh, let's move
0: on. Let's go. There we go. But, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I'm gonna, we got a few more and I do I appreciate the time. This has been I, awesome. I don't have a
1: clock in my in my view, so I don't know how long it's been. It's yeah. just been a good conversation. We're so good. We got, got
0: three questions, but I think they're gonna be good. I, I, I'm excited about these. What is yeah. the best thing you are doing in your teaching right now, Brian?
1: Um, I mean, if you guys want to know the best thing I'm doing, listen to the rest of the podcast. It's about building relationship. It's about being involved outside of the classroom so that when they're in the classroom, it matters. Um, I don't coach at the middle school anymore, but coaching high school cross country now and uh, coaching baseball. Um, I've, got, I've got athletes on my side. I've got students on my side. I still communicate with parents pretty regularly. Um, in the Alex course that I uh, started teaching this year, um, my co-teacher and i because it's a co-taught class uh we uh reached out to another colleague who helped us build a email generator and we email home once a week um it's just where the kids are at and then something positive and something they can work on and that changed how that class runs because every monday the kids would come in and it's like oh you emailed my parents again right yeah we told you we were going to yeah um how about you reflect on that what would you do differently this week so next week's email is just a little bit better yeah um, so that was like a big, big change in our, our philosophy of the classroom. And we saw it improve the uh, motivation of some of those students who are working to earn some credit back or catch up.
0: Yeah. No, I, I yeah, saw that. that yeah. Go ahead. I saw that. Um, So there was some podcast talking about a beneficial parent communication and like looking at what, what moves the needle. And like, if you just send out something home, say so like, Hey, Brian's doing great. And you know,
1: yeah,
0: it, thumbs up versus, Hey, Brian's doing okay, but he could work on this. Like just always like including something that they can work on is yeah. was, like the most beneficial help for a parent to say like, oh, this is something I can point to and say, hey, do this. And now I feel invested in my child's education and you know, the child's probably gonna work on it, you know, so.
1: I'm gonna throw that question back at you though, cause I'm curious, what's something that you like, you right now are like, what am I doing really well? What do I, what would I wanna get back out if I could teach Brian again?
0: There would be more, and this is something actually that I'm coming back to from, I knew you guys really well, because we all, I mean, the whole class, you know, we had all these interactions and a lot of times it was those one-on-one interactions after a supervision or even preparing for something. And so the smallest grain size that I can get, I want to take. And so something that we do right now is we'll do, um, Mary used, I think we did reaction papers. Did we do reaction papers? in your class? Yeah. Okay. So we still do those, but now we do them in a Google doc and they react to each other and they can comment on each other. And then they do an extension where they think about something that, Oh, that reading made me think of something. I'm going to go find it and share a resource. So it's like being able to help them think like outside of, I'm just going to get what I've been given. I'm going to go find something that I can share with others. So kind of professional development. And then they'll do is they'll teach a little lesson uh, in small groups based off of what we read. And, um, what's beneficial about that is we check in with them before and we check in with them after, and we do a little evaluation of their teaching. There's no pressure on it. It's not graded, but it's just, Hey, you know, did everyone know what they're doing? Where you organized? Where um, did you make them think, did you make them work together? You know, that sort of thing. And those coaching times is like before and after is like my most valuable It's where I get to touch base with everyone connect. But during the pandemic, one of my classes we had to go to they're developing their first unit plan and we had these one-on-one conversations via um google meet which is a nice thing part of the google thing and so i would basically set up a google meet and for i do all these little one-on-one sessions and i can tell you that those were probably the most beneficial thing because you know you know making sure they're checking the boxes things wise, but it's also a way to build those relationships. And in a very short amount of time, we were able to touch base with every single one person within a two week period, you know, and it wasn't too overwhelming, but the thing is, I knew where they were at. Like if somebody said like, Hey, what do you know about this student? And it'd be like, you know, they have this concern. They've had this dealing with this thing. They're, you know, their unit is fine. They're doing this. I mean, it's just so much information you get from just a very short touch base, but just to be, the thing about it was it was strategic. It was like, Hey, I'm going to touch base with these people today. And then tomorrow is these people and these people. And like, why don't I have that? So it, like when it's face to face, you know, so that I am strategic, I'm making sure I'm having some sort of meaningful interaction with folks. And so that's, those are, you know, they were kind of facilitated, but I want to be more intentional with them going forward. And I think no, I really, really like beneficial.
1: that. And, uh, uh, because I know I know the next question, so I don't know if you want to pose it or not, but the, what you said ties right into my next question about something I'm looking to work on and improve a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and specifically, just let's hypothetically say in the fall, that school doesn't look the same like it did in the spring. Um, one thing I reflected on a lot in those two months of teaching was, like, I miss seeing the kids. I missed that interaction. Um, and in that moment, I felt kind of stuck and lost on how to make that authentic and work. Um, but going into the fall, that's something like you said, whether it's face to face or whether it's through computers, um, I want to make sure that I'm intentionally checking in with students, um, whether that ends up for some of them being a Google doc, whether that ends up being hopefully face to face like this. Um, I want to, I want to improve my ability to have those maybe small group, maybe one to one, but check ins with students to really get to know them where they're at. Uh, because sometimes it's easy to lose a kid in a class of 27 and yeah. then the bell rings and you get another class of 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give it, find time and to make it intentional to check in with those kids, I do it during sports. Why can't I do it in class?
0: Yeah, no, that's so
1: good. That's definitely something I want to work towards.
0: Well, something that was beneficial and like, cause I knew I wanted to have something synchronous, but also mm-hmm. able to access as asynchronous. So we did 30 minute Google meets once a week, uh, for okay. my class that people could show up, but then I, in Google meet, you can have it automatically record. It goes to Google drive. So then you can put that into a YouTube link that, you know, only those with the link can access. So it's like, no matter what people could see my face every week. And it's like, that could be just reassuring. And especially for kids that are younger, you know, in high school or even, you know, younger, like just to be able to see their teacher's face, it kind of says like, you know what? Things are okay. Schools instead, I can see my teachers. That's a pretty good thing to be able to do. Cause I, I do worry about with all this stuff with, you know, emotional and social health and mm-hmm. things like that. And so how are we taking care of folks? Um, and so maybe that's a small way that you can do that. Uh, yeah,
1: so yeah. And that's and, definitely uh,
0: yeah. Uh, and Google and it's meet, you can call into as well. So, which was nice. Yeah. And, um, and for, and for me too, it's, it's, and i was talking about this with Shane last week was, no matter what, we got to be ready for a hybrid world. So in case a student comes down with it and they're quarantined for two weeks, okay, we better have a way that they can access the class and not physically mm-hmm. be there. So if it's, you know, got to do something like this where we're with zoom where it's a wide camera or some sort of feed or a stream or, um, you know, yeah. iPad with FaceTime, whatever, there's gotta be some way for that kid to attend class. Um, and so, mm-hmm that's my challenge right now is thinking about that hybrid sort of being able to flex if it is face-to-face yes but there's got to be that other option as well yeah, and my would is really like doing that in the future you know like that should have been done that a while ago you know someone's not feeling well and like they're home you should still be able to come to class if you want to you know
1: right, right. um but it's so easy to say that and then until we're forced to do it though it doesn't really click until like, wait, that would have been such a great idea to do two yeah, years ago. Yeah,
0: that's right. So a little silver lining with this.
1: Uh, this yeah, absolutely. I make. mean, there's definitely going to be some positive takeaways from all of yeah. this. I mean, one, it redefined why I teach. I don't teach to grade papers. I don't teach to get uh, documents sent to me and me send back some corrections. I love the math. Don't get me wrong. I patterns right. I and right. numbers are great, but um, I teach for the for the kids and for that interaction. and And with my colleagues, I mean, of course, seeing seeing people our age at work is always nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And have those like um those opportunities to to develop and those are going to happen in interactions with people, you know, a lot of times. So um yeah. all right. So this is the final question, Brian, you've been awesome. What yeah. advice do you have for future pre-service teachers? Which I can, I, I think I can guess already.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. I mean it's it's the same message throughout um First off, listen to Joel Amadon. Everything I say comes from him, who comes from somebody else, and it's great. Uh, Be yourself, be willing to make mistakes, and then reflect on it. Um, If you're not willing to do that, then it's gonna be a tough couple years of teaching when you first start out, um, because things are gonna go wrong. Uh, Things aren't gonna work how you wanted them to be, and if you're um, too intrinsic on that, if you think too much about that and let it really beat you up, as opposed to turning it around and saying, how can I fix it? Uh, It'd be a tough first few years. Um, But then also, life willingly, I mean, I was able to do this, and I know not everyone's situation is the same, um, but get involved with stuff that you're passionate about. Um, One great thing about, one, working in a high school is there are 50-plus different clubs and activities, and you can find somebody who's just like you, even if they're a teenager and you're an adult, or you can push yourself out of your boundaries as well. Um, And as you evolve as a person, continue finding new avenues. Um, my my thing was sports. My thing was getting involved with kids who enjoy the things I enjoy, um, because then it allows me to be passionate about it. Um, I didn't go choose to be part of X club because I show up and just be there. Mm-hmm. and I wanted to really be present. Yeah. Um, so be be willing to get involved, but also be willing to say no. That's something that was really tough for me up until probably about two years ago. Um, I, I wanted to be involved everywhere. I got to know every kid. I knew everything about the social aspect of teaching. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, I need to say, no, I need to be able to take some time for myself as well um, to continue developing am as a person. Yeah.
0: And I think that's, it also goes back into that passion too, right? If so, if, I mean, you're doing something that you're passionate about, then you, you can almost get a little bit of energy from it too, as well, versus yeah. like, if it's something that you're not, it's just a, another thing to be involved with. Yeah. Make, be strategic with those. That's, that's excellent word yeah. advice. And I, I love seeing, so, you know, he's, we were connected on Instagram and, uh, you know, seeing all the different things that you've been doing with regards to, uh, either what was it? Adventure race that you just did. Was it like a a virtual adventure race?
1: Yeah. So um, obviously one perk of coaching cross country is I get to run. That's, that's a passion of mine, that lifestyle. Um, I had signed up for a race and it ended up being virtual with the pandemic. And so it was a really cool opportunity for the running community. Um, to get together from across across the states and we all ran the same morning we checked in through an app slack if anybody else uses oh, Slack, yeah. uh-huh. uh, we have a slack group through this podcast the uh, race director um and so we all checked in all day we were sending pictures and videos back and forth and encouraging each other um so i, I went out and explored uh central wisconsin the ice age trail for like nice. Mile. Oh, a nice oh very good yeah yeah awesome and then you as well though i mean you're you're exploring and still running and keeping active, getting the kids outside, I hope.
0: Yeah, we're, we're trying. Yeah, we are. We're uh, tearing up our backyard, but then, yeah, trying to do a little bit of running and a little bit. Yeah. I think it's just all, you know, finding those ways. And I heard someone say like, hey, how did you win today? And so just trying to win each day and move a little bit and uh, learn a little bit. And so it's uh it's been a challenge, but, uh you know, we're in a we're in a unique situation where um, I know there's people out there that are struggling. And so that uh, not going to whittle the time away. So trying to use it best. And so speaking of time, I appreciate the time that you've been uh, given to us. And so thank you for uh, being willing to join me on the podcast.
1: No, I appreciate you uh, reaching out. Uh, It's been, it's nice to reflect and that's what this conversation was really about. um, Thinking through our, our teaching practice and what we do and why we do it ultimately. Um, if we don't have the why, it's it's hard to get through it. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you having me. It's been a blast. Let's not be strangers.
0: That's right. No, this is good. I'm excited. Thanks,
1: Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Joel. Really thankful to Brian
0: for uh, joining me on the podcast. It was great to, to catch up with him. Um, I guess I'm one of those people that doesn't need a lot of interaction over time and can usually jump right back into a relationship. It was just like talking to Brian after a uh, observation. But now it's like he's all grown up. He's, he's <laughs> been teaching for a long time now. And so um, it was just a pleasure. It was a pleasure to have that conversation. And again, we're looking forward to having a few more reflection conversations throughout the month of June. And just hoping that a couple of these come through because I, I got a feeling they'll, they'll be just as enjoyable as the last two. So that's about all I have for today. Actually, you know what? I'll take that one more thing. I'm looking for resources. I'm looking for suggestions. So if you have suggestions for books for me to cover or resources for me to share, go ahead and send me an email at joel at amadonplanet.com. Joel at amadonplanet.com. What I'm really excited about is that when people talk to me about the podcast, they do talk about some things that they're getting out of it. And so I know that there's people out there that have some things that they're getting some out of that are not associated with this podcast, obviously. And so send them. Send me an email. Or you can do some uh, social media at Amazon Planet on various platforms: Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, the Facebook page is at Amazon Planet. The Amazon Planet Facebook page. Any of those, go ahead, contact me. Send me your resources. Send me book suggestions. Or just you know, say, hey, you're doing this and that annoys me. You can do that as well. You can also do some other things. That would be a great way to support the podcast. Is is connecting with me uh, on something that you think I should know it, be knowledgeable about, or that would be a great, um, topic for the podcast or whatever. You can also do some other things to support the podcast, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. I just checked in our reviews. Um, we're getting a lot of star action happening. I really appreciate that. If you can write a review, just even a few lines in iTunes or wherever you can review the podcast, that just, that's just a big help. It makes the podcast more visible if someone, hey, it learns about the Amazon Planet podcast and you think it's valuable and they go and they see it's been reviewed well, that helps out a lot too. Um, I did notice a four star review and that's from my son, so thank you, Noah. He never listens, it's okay. Uh, you want to subscribe? You could another thing you could do is subscribe to the Amazon Planet download, which contains teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. So, what I'll do is You know, put something about the latest podcast episode and then if there's some resources that I'm aware of that might not get mentioned on the podcast i put them out there because I guess that's one thing that I really enjoy is connecting people with good stuff so uh, the Amazon Planet download is a great way to do that and you can find a way to subscribe to that basically by going to AmazonPlanet.com there's many places where you can join the email list there you can, you know obviously another way to support is to follow on various social media outlets another um, Instagram Profile that I have is t- at Teaching Math Teaching, and that is actually associated with the Teaching Math Teaching podcast, another great podcast if you're interested in teaching math teachers. Uh, that's p- sponsored by AMTE, which I get to do with Ava heiser and Dusty Jones. Again, it's a great listen for those of you that are uh, teaching math teachers that do any sort of professional development or development of in-service teachers or pre-service teachers. And what we'll do is our perspective is sharing stuff that – You would get at a conference, get at like the AMTE, the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators Conference, but you might not never have gone. And so we, we, myself and the other two hosts have gotten a lot out of those conversations, got a lot of interactions with other math teacher educators. And so we wanted to create a podcast, a place where people could connect with math teacher educators from across the country in all different roles. And I think we're doing it. So check that out and and if you're interested we're doing a book club we did rough draft math this month and next month we're doing high school math lessons to explore understand and respond to social injustice uh, and you can find out more information by th- about that by either paying attention to my social media accounts or at teaching math teaching on Instagram so finally you can check out the Amazon planet store or the Amazon planet bookstore both have links in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com. Just had somebody purchase a, a shirt through the Amazon Planet store. Any proceeds from those purchases go to supporting the production cost of the podcast. It's not free. It's not expen- Not super expensive, but it's not free to do this. And so, really appreciate any support um, that people do through either buying a book through the bookshop or through the Amazon Planet store. So, either of those purchases, um, the proceeds go to support the podcast. So thank you. All right, that's it. Here we go. We're done. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazon Planet podcast. Thanks to Brian DeSalvo for sharing his time and observations. Uh, Just great to catch up with him. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And he's been recommending a couple things for me to start playing on the guitar, given this, uh, again, some time. Uh, to do some things. Thanks, Matt. And finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.